0: Y'all, what's good, everybody? This is another episode of Legacy's Journey. We wanted to switch it up and do like a super fast, quick one, so to speak. So, I'm kind of excited, kind of nervous, you know what I'm saying? Because I really wasn't prepared to do this, but I am. But let's do the regular, the norm. So, first off, again, welcome to Legacy's Journey, where we talk about creating what outlives you. I'm your host, Cameron Williams, owner of Kelly Consulting, where we focus on strategic financial growth for marketing agencies so that they can live the dream life they deserve and not be a slave to their business, and we do that through CFO Services. Think high strategy, financial strategy, tax strategy, et cetera, to help you continue to grow and scale your business. Now, of course, you can see the lovely lady to my right. Y'all know who this is, of course, because we've done an episode before and talked about her pretty pretty much on every episode at this point. But this is my lovely wife, Ariane. Of course, I call her Ari or Babe, but she's going to tell y'all her name is (laughs) Ariane. All right. So back to this. So what we wanted to do, uh, we literally today just got back from Funnel Hacking Live 2023. Shout out to Russell Brunson. You literally see we got all the stuff like we got it all right here, all of that. So what I thought would be cool would be not to give like a recap of the event, but like talk about some of the different speakers, what they said that stood out, some of the things that we thought about or are thinking about implementing um, the experience overall, Because a lot of you, if you follow me on Facebook, which you should be doing anyway, um, we talk a lot just about business in general, but specifically in relation to marketing agencies that we talk about often. how Going to conferences are a great thing to continue to grow your business, diversify, meet other people to partner with. So with all that being said, let's jump into it. I have no idea how long this episode is going to be, but we want to do this. So that way, hey, you guys can get, if you weren't there, Some of the things we learned, some of the notes, find out some of the things that they were talking about, and plus get our perspective and how we're going to try to make it practical um, to continue to grow Kenley and to work with other agencies. So anything you want to add before you start? Let's start day one. So of course, I took notes because I mean, if you're at a conference, you should be taking notes. Um, And I do have my notes over here. So therefore, I will try my best not to mess up or forget anything. So there are a couple of different speakers. Um, Of course, Russell Brunson started first. So first off, I want to say that man is a genius because he thought about some of everything, put it in a structure. He even came out and said, hey, we built this event because I just came up with this new concept. And I'm making this event to walk you through each set of that. And so literally, let's say if there's 12 steps, he had 12 speakers, and I put them in a specific order to help illustrate each point of that new model, which he is calling the linchpin model. And I believe he just released a book about that too. Um, so basically he's gonna go through the book live with us, but use other people to help illustrate his points. So I was just like, okay, interesting. So um, some of the things that he said was you have to create a movement in order to get people to completely buy in. You've heard us talk a lot about. Not being a commodity, not just being something that anybody can go do, and I think to his point in creating that movement, that's what helps you to not be viewed as that commodity. And we also came up with a movement.
1: Were you? We did. something I wrote it out for you. I was like, You're you were like, uh-huh. yeah, put it right here. He ain't paying attention.
0: Is this what you were talking about with the family and the Lexi journey stuff? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Prepare to see what's never been done before. All right. So the next person they had. So they had these two guys. They were cool. I kinda didn't necessarily catch what they were throwing out, other than they had a movement. Um, I think they were did they do like life insurance? They did uh was life
1: insurance, but they were one of my favorite speakers, actually, because they said they were the mess-ups. They couldn't get anything right. And they somehow figured out how to stand out and to make their business work and become lucrative. And it was through making a movement. Because, I mean, life insurance is not like-
0: Like accounting. It's, it's not, not
1: sexy. It's, it's not sexy. Something that a lot of people are like, oh, let me hurry up and do that. You do it out of necessity, but that's it so i really enjoyed seeing how they created a movement around freedom and so many people bought into that and it changed so many lives so that really encouraged me and gave me some ideas for you because it's the same kind of with accounting most accountants are very boring when i think of accounting, i just think
0: but do you know any that are <laughs> I've seen some. Oh, I still got my name tag on from church. That's I'm fit Yeah.
1: Kind of So I, I thought of some ideas that are really take this thing outside the box. And I really hope that you guys get to experience and that you buy in. So what we're about to do this is gonna be it's gonna be
0: Yeah. Oh, and I think I don't know if we've ever announced this, but for those of you who don't know, Ari handles like all of our funnels, like the build outs. Um, So that's kind of her area. So for her, this was actually your first conference, like business conference. So what we've been doing in the past, and again, if you follow me, you know this, we typically bring the family with us when we travel. But what typically happens is like Ari will have all three of the kids in the hotel room or whatever activities. While I go to the conference, learn, network, try to pick people's brains, et cetera. So this was the first one, or I guess second one, because Costa Rica.
1: First one,
0: actually. Well, Costa Rica, we don't have the kids.
1: We didn't have the kids, but I wasn't really there for the conference.
0: There for Costa Rica. Okay. So this is the first one that you were... This is the first one where I was like... Put the emphasis on like... Really time,
1: And a Big Ten So for me This was
0: huge Gotcha Okay So this was her first one So she was so into it So And what we found Like in comparing notes And talking like Every single day Cause you know We ain't got no kids with you
1: You can really dance.
0: It was like The stuff she missed I got perfectly The stuff that I It just She got perfectly So I thought that was Very interesting because like those guys, I was too stuck on what do y'all do? Like I was still, are are y'all just having a movement? I didn't even know. Meanwhile, she thought they were great. So there's that. Let's move on to the next one. So Perry Belcher was the next speaker. Um, so I liked him. Hey, he came up there with pretty good energy, but he said this line right here, and I wrote this down. I don't do anything without knowing if I'm going to sell. And his big thing was building a newsletter, how you can produce newsletters at scale, how he does it. So he literally showed us the AI, the tech he built. And I think he even built like a custom one. I think. Uh, but he was literally just going through the benefits of having a newsletter. And I think for me, the biggest thing I took out of that is owning some, a digital asset that you can in the future flip. And I think that's something... And I'm not saying I would go to every client and say you should do this, but I do think if it fits the correct niche, it is something very doable, um, pretty easy. I'm not gonna say easy, but
1: despite like it's very easy to do, and something that you can maintain, build from scratch, or purchase. He showed us uh, ways to purchase. Established newsletters yeah. that already have an audience yeah. that's already in your niche. You just build up a little more, and you can always flip it and sell it. But the other thing that's great about being able to buy an audience, like a real audience, not just like some bots, you know, stuff. Some stuff's just not legit. But he provided some resources that are and. I just thought that was great to know that you can do something so simple. And I'm sure that there are nuances in it. Like I'm sure that there's some kind of learning curve um to kind of learn how the whole thing functions. But I just thought it was really interesting. I you can uh, have such a lucrative asset. I when I think of newsletter newsletters, I don't think of that, you know, right off the bat. But he explained it in such a way that really opened my mind.
0: And for me, I think the biggest thing I got was, it's the data, right? And you're even starting to see that on some of the shows that come out. Companies want your data. So if you have an email newsletter with 10,000 people or 20, 30, 50, 100,000, that's an asset because you now have all of these emails that you can get in contact with like this. And like I said, he taught us how to do it at scale. So I think for me, it just opened my mind to this is another thing that we can add that's probably low cost. But that most importantly will give value for clients, prospects, people that we may haven't talked to in a while to just kind of keep them in a loop. So that way we're staying top of mind because attention is is the name of the game now. People are paying for your attention. When you go on social media, running hats, we're all doing that to get your attention. So I thought that was pretty cool. What about the next person? Do you, do you even remember this guy? It's this is Eric
1: he was talking about organic traffic with short one content. I thought it was really interesting how he um was talking about doing like the video the short videos like on YouTube and stuff, um, and how you can use that to build your attractive character. You
0: Live. gotta tell them what's an attractive character in case they're
1: basic. Russell Brunson diehards. Your attractive flywheel you know, would include all of your social media content that basically shows your audience who you are. Um, and so he was just saying how you can use those videos to funnel them into your funnel or whatever your your newsletter so that people will click on the link and become a part of
0: your newsletter so you can get those email addresses. Yeah. Um, what I liked about him, so he talked about, there's a concept out there called the perfect webinar. So he was saying you wanna do that but in 60 seconds. So I'm not gonna spoil what that is because most people know what it is. If not, look it up. But I think he gave us like some different hooks, different ways to introduce introduce it. For those of you guys who know us, you know, we put out a ton of video content. And one of the things that I loved that was an immediate takeaway, he said, you don't need to come on and introduce yourself every time. And I know I will, maybe first 20 seconds of a video, hey, what's going on y'all? I'm Cameron. You know, I was thinking about this and blah, blah, blah. He was literally like, come straight in on the number one secret to saving on taxes is bam. Like that's the first two seconds. Not right. Not Cameron. So A, of course, if we're battling for attention and there's some platforms that value longer form content. Yes. Yeah, like this, okay. this is on YouTube. Apparently,
1: something else like a wall of As long as it's interesting, it's, it should be fine. Then you're going to be able to have your whole intro and all that. But that's after they've already bought into who you are, seeing those quick videos that are adding
0: value. Being a super fan. And
1: always giving your best content on those videos.
0: Yeah. Trying to withhold your best. And I think we would call it in our house a super fan. Like a super fan is somebody who everything you put out, they love it. So you can write a super long post, they're going to read it all. You can put out a 50 minute podcast, they're going to listen to the whole thing. But in this case, because we know that right now reels are being rewarded on Instagram, YouTube Shorts, Facebook Reels, um, TikTok, you want to do all this in 60 seconds. Cut that fluff. It's literally hook, story, three points, CTA, and then point them somewhere. And ironically, I had been praying, like, I think last week, I was just kind of like, man, we were in my mastermind. And we were literally sitting in what they call a power circle, which is basically we all going to sit in a circle and instead of doing kumbaya, we're going to share what is something we need help on and utilize our different experiences to help each other. And I remember my question was, I have all this content and I'm pretty confident that it's pretty good, but what do I do with it? How do I get better conversions? What am I converting them to? And I feel like this was the answer. You want to push them into something. Russell was saying to your funnel, which turns into your newsletter or email sequence or your giveaway or whatever, but you want to point them to something. And I know for me, that was a huge thing for me getting that. Hey, there's no over, there's no big interconnected strategy. I'm just doing these different pieces. And I think for me, that was one of my biggest, if not the biggest takeaway is that when you're talking about running a business, everything has to have strategy. It can't just be, like in our case, we're great with financials, we're great with this tax strategy and CFO strategy. All right, that's our technical piece. But as a business owner, what is my real strategy? If we're going to do ads, we're doing ads because if we're going to put out content every day, what is the purpose? Are we just putting it out to put it out? I guess, are we just doing this for fun? We're just practicing.
1: And you're, at your stage, I still like You've already gotten the practice kind of out, and now it's about.
0: I would hope so, so after like four years.
1: Yeah, the strategy just applying using the content you have, repurposing it to implement the strategy.
0: Yeah, because funny story. So shout out to my my guy Dante Carter. So he literally, I remember one day we were just talking. And he's like, "Bro, you know so much stuff that people don't know." And I'm like, "Me, it's just regular stuff." and he he literally challenged me like bro just do a video every day like motivational mondays tax tuesdays etc and that's literally the only reason i even started building video content just because of the suggestion right versus now four years in i built the audience now what do i want the audience to do do i want them to just listen to the content do i want them to be self-empowered do i want them to come to me do i want them to tune into the podcast like what do you want them to do and i think when we start attacking strategy from a end goal and working backwards standpoint we get a lot more done like i literally y'all can't see it but my goal board is like right here and that's not on my goal board that's not even the focus the goal board just has four things so i i learned you gotta have strategy to maximize it doesn't mean you can't have success but to maximize what you're doing, you need to have a cohesive strategy. Like
1: we had we knew where we were trying to go, mm-hmm. but we didn't know how all the pieces work together. Correct. In order to to get beyond there. Like we would reach there, sometimes overshoot there. Yeah. But we're just kinda like doing stuff in the hopes instead of being like, okay. We're going to like really maximize this thing and we're really going to scale this thing. And this is how we're going to get there. We're going to be uber strategic, like stick
0: with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. So the last person, which was like their, uh, what do you call it? Keynote. I mean, he was motivational. Motivational speaking. The last
1: person that spoke on
0: day one
1: was Jago. We really enjoyed him. To me, it just was like. Take responsibility for your business and for what's going on in the business mm-hmm. instead of getting frustrated with other people and what they're
0: doing and playing the blame game. That's what I got from it, but I know that you brought it. But you did. said you looked at it more from like a, being a stay-at-home mom and trying to be the best parent standpoint, right? Yeah. Like when I was
1: listening to what it was like, I wasn't thinking about it in terms of business. I was thinking about it in terms of my life, like are you the person Mm -hmm. like as a mother in my day to day and even just not as a mother, that's one of the main roles, but just me as a person, like, am I taking extreme responsibility for where I am? Like I have talents, gifts and abilities on the inside of me Mm -hmm. that I need to uh, maximize and I need to invest in, I need to use for the better well-being of our family and for just for myself and for the world, for the people that God has called me to serve. Mm-hmm. And when I thought about it, it was like, hmm. I just haven't, I haven't taken extreme responsibility. It's like I accepted my failures into my identity and then I'm just kind of stagnant. You know, yes, I was making progress with my kids, but like I was not evolving.
0: So, what do you think now that you've heard Jocko, the change or whatever it will be?
1: Well, now, when I'm encountering obstacles or failure, mm-hmm. it's just realizing like, okay, we're here because of something that I did, right? But I'm not gonna take internalize it like how' gonna happen in the past. More so like, okay, this is the problem. Let's address the problem and fix that. Just keep tweaking it along the way instead of staying stuck in.
0: It's my fault.
1: I feel, and then it's up my tail right. That's good. But as a mom, I think it's important to not be like, oh, this child is so difficult. Because it, it, when you're in the trenches, it can get frustrating because you're like, I've tried so many different ways to get my child to get this concept. They're not getting it. And plus, I'm homeschooling. i right? like, oh, it's you—not
0: the pressure point.
1: <laughs> it's you, <laughs> but you know, if I'm being mature, mm. it's not the child
0: because they're not, a child.
1: It's my job to pull out of them what I'm. What God has revealed to me is in them, and I have to seek Him during those times where I don't understand. To help me to see the child with the right lenses, and for him to give me the strategy to parent them individually. Yeah, you know, instead of me like just kind of winging it and just being stressed out all the time and feeling like, oh, why am I even doing this? Like, we just put them in school like everyone else. And Which we're not hating if that's what you- not hating, but I mean. Sometimes I don't even want to do it. And so, yeah, so just taking that extreme responsibility as a mother, God has called me specifically to homeschool these kids. It was not my idea. It's something he called me to do. And so if he's called me to do it, I'm partnering with him and he can give me the strategies and I can take personal responsibility instead of being immature and do the blame game with kids, like, that's very mature. But sometimes,
0: if I'm honest, I have that. Someone's still. And see, me, I didn't think about it from parenting at all. I thought about it strictly business, just because we had a situation with people on the team where there was an expectation that wasn't met. And I think your norm is always be like, why didn't you do blah, 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 when. Taking extreme ownership would say, "Okay, you didn't get here because of what? What do we need to fix or tweak in the system or in our processes to ensure?" Was I too like in extreme ownership? Am I too hands off? Because I mean, he even used how like he basically this guy named this guy's name is Jocko Willinick. I'm not saying last name. I just know he Jocko. Beat Jocko. Beat Ja. Jock. <laughs> and basically, he's a former Navy SEAL, so he got paid to train the new ones to come up. And he said he would try to put them in as many realistic scenarios because he actually served, went over, did the missions. And so he was saying like he set the mission up and something would go wrong. And he said he would know who the good ones are and the bad ones are because the good ones would say, oh man, that's on me. I should have prepped you better. I should have done this. The bad ones were always quick to play the blame game. So he was trying to drive home the point that as a leader, as the one in charge, you can't just sit up here and blame it on everybody else because there's always something more we could have done. Did I not give you the right, in his case, he's military term, but I'll bring it to our company. Did I not check in with you enough? Were you unclear of the objective? Did I did I give you too much trust and not know you in a manner to where I should have given you better support? Was I not clear in my communication? Did I have too much confidence and not set you up to win? That falls on me as the owner versus just, you didn't do it. Ah, oh, how dare you? And you try to penalize them and make them feel bad. That's not good leadership. Um, And we know that leadership is important when you're trying to run a company. But leadership's important in anything you do, like in trying to run a family, trying to run a household. In anything you do, you have to be a good leader. And the ones that I found are the easiest to follow, and the best ones that give the best experiences are those who can lead with empathy, um, that can clearly communicate and that are willing to take responsibility because then it's a domino effect. It's, well, yeah, I know what you're saying, boss, but I could have asked you more questions or I could have brought my pride down and been willing to ask for more help instead of being overconfident or whatever. If I
1: stuck up to the plan, be like, you know what? I could have done X, Y, and Z better. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of me just having the negative response and being too prideful to go back and apologize to get it right, or even if I say something to you out of the way, out of frustration, if they were witnessing that, they also need to witness me humbling myself and be like, you know, what? I didn't do that right. And I find that when I do that with you or with them, if I've done something,
0: yeah, go I'm not a perfect, you person,
1: know. So, if I made a mistake, owning up to it. And humbling myself as the authority figure to them, you or whoever, if they witness that, I notice when they're not, when they don't think I'm paying attention. Like I notice that same character in our kids. So because just-
0: they model, and I think shout out to Mike Peterson, but Mike said that it's not what we say, but it's what we model. Yeah. You know, I can say all day, apologize to your sister, apologize because you weren't right. But when I, you know, go back to R and say like, hey, you know what, my bad. I wasn't listening to you. You said blah, blah. They pick up on that behavior more than just blah, 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 blah. I think that was good. So that was Jocko. So that's day one. Man, we got to go so much faster. 25 minutes on just day one. All right. Well, All right. Russell
1: Brunson spoke a lot. He did a really good job of.
0: Yeah. So what promise give
1: him today? He did a really good job of being very present as the leader, recording the videos in between. So it was like. We understood the flow of how the conference was moving, so it wasn't just
0: confusing and all over the place. Yeah, he was like the mega MC. Oh, I forgot this about Jocko. Two quotes. He said, one, he was talking about how there's this inner turmoil or battle between us. Like in the Bible, they were talking about, you know, I want to do bad. I mean, I want to do good, but I just be having to do bad all the time. So he used, like, for example, there's these two dichotomies. So he said, if you want financial freedom, you get it through the hard work of discipline. I thought that was dope. And then he was talking about you have to be balanced and not lead to one extreme or the other. So, like, you know how there are some people who I just want to plan everything out, and then there's some people who we You're typically wired to be one or the other, but you have to come towards the middle and half both, especially if you're a leader. Or he said, like, there are some people who, over communicate, like in our relationship, I'm probably the over communicator. There's some people who under communicate. So, in order for me to be an effective leader, I have to be able to recognize which one I am and then try to find that balance. Or, like, I'm more so the plan person. I would say, would you say you're more so the one that thinks it?
1: I plan, but in a different way, but like I'll have an overall framework of what I'm trying to do. That I do need freedom
0: because if I feel like I don't have any... No, I did what you be doing. I'll be like, my job is to plant these two trees. That's gonna be it. I'm the type to be like, alright, we're gonna plant these trees by this date, so we're gonna do it that day. then we need to do this, this, and this on this. Like that. Yeah, I
1: have more
0: of a tendency to... So, both of us in leading in whatever role that is, just having to find that balance and come to the middle. Now, uh, let's see. So we're looking at the list right here because we got the book. This book was kind of like our go-to guy. Yeah. Um, So uh, one of the big things they talked about, they call it continuity, basically building some type of member. What did I say? (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, Basically having a membership program was a big thing that they wanted to push um they said you want to map out the fastest path to transformation for your members so you always want to do that in three to seven steps just so that is clear so in our case when we bring on a client what is the timeline you want that to be really clear so people are just like took my money don't know what you're doing you want to say hey when we onboard it's gonna look like this in x amount of days this give them that because it's just an easier process uh they said there was another guy who came on And apparently said, teach, type, talk, train. I don't really remember that one that well. That may have been him. That was him. Uh, And I didn't really get his session. So we'll, I guess, keep going.
1: I know. My favorite speaker on day two was Miss Kathy Yoder. That way she has 80 kids. And she just.
0: Shout out to Kathy. We took a picture. We
1: did. She really inspired me because I felt like I couldn't really pursue my entrepreneurial dreams
0: because i've got kids and that got you were telling me
1: maintain a whole household.
0: you said but cam and she got eight kids you only got <laughs> she was like i only got three she got eight and she did that so
1: what did that mean for you well i have and all to me uninvolved me
0: mm.
1: used to be very like very much a perfectionist and so I would be like, I need quiet. I need set to be perfect. I need to look perfect. I need everything to look and be perfect. And if mm. my kids interrupt, and that ruins the whole thing. That's, that was the wrong perspective because people can relate to having children. People can relate to being a mom and mommy, 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 mommy. You know, all of the things, all the nuances of being a mother. So she really inspired me. To realize that I can um, do it with my children.
0: I liked her because she was, you know, how there are some people who try to make them sound themselves sound very important. And she was like, "I'm just a mom, and I found something that works. So her specialty was YouTube, um, and so essentially, she basically was drilling home the point. where my biggest takeaway is, go back and look at your data. If you're on YouTube or even on Facebook, social media in general, what is the algorithm and the people saying And We say this all the time. What is the market saying? Like she said, she put out, I think five or plenty of videos, but her top five were whatever they were. But out of those, the top, I'm sorry, there were the top five. The common thing was three of them were about air fryers. So then what did she do? Well, I'm gonna make more videos about air fryers. So she became basically the, the air fryer queen and cornered that market on YouTube to where she got monetized, she got paid. And so because of that, she just kept to that blueprint. So for me, um, I think what I took from it is don't go on what you think is working because you may just like to talk about CrossFit, but if your audience don't care nothing about it, they're not going to click on it. They're not going to read it. Or to listen to Right. But now if they want to hear you talk about tax related stuff and you see that there's a difference in your impressions and engagement, then you need to do if you're being smart and not just doing whatever you need to put more time into what they want to hear about tax stuff. So let me go provide more content and then look at your style of video. Is it like we talked about earlier where it's very 60 seconds, clean cut, no intros and it's just bam, 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 highly produced? Is it that the ones with captions perform better? Is it that your long form does better? Like, you have to go back, look at your stats, and then reproduce that if you're trying to use social media in a way that you want it to be monetized. And
1: you know, I actually implemented this. I actually took that and applied it. And how did that go for you? What happened? It's done. It's done it's like to watch me with my kids, what? Not them same problematic kids you was just talking about. <laughs> they, they like to see me do singing videos. They like to see me. They really love Kathy.
0: Concrete if, Gardens, everywhere near you. I, I got an album, yo. Went
1: viral what viral. um what What is the. Uh, videos that I did with the kids. That was the singing challenge. It was like singing whistle
0: notes. Like
1: people enjoy What
0: is a whistle note for the non music people?
1: All right. Carry notes.
0: So singing whistle. Uh, but higher.
1: Yep. Up
0: in your head. I mean, I can't do it, so I ain't going to. I ain't even going to try to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, they enjoy seeing me do vocal uh, challenges with my kids. They love Calrie every time she do a video she get a bunch of views and they like to hear um me do reaction videos to one particular lady
0: so um so you you were able to apply that really quickly and see some type of internet
1: yeah I would' have cool. never known because I was just kind of trying to try different stuff like why is it so, yeah cool she
0: didn't really know. All right, so that was day two. Oh, day two was a super long one. Yeah, day. it was okay. very, very long. All right, so in continuing, on, let's see who else on here. I don't really... I remember
1: them. They did the... You weren't there. Okay. Oh, I had to
0: do a webinar. Yeah, so sure. the
1: dramatic demonstrations. Basically, what they were doing mm-hmm. is taking uh, videos or ads that are old that were very good or went viral in the past or that were very successful and mm-hmm. reenacting them. And... Mm-hmm. And for example, during their presentation, they reenacted when Will Smith obliged to <laughs> run. Because like they was talking and then all of a sudden he went to a side talking about a client and his wife and then he just started wanting less talking about she lost all her hair. And then out of nowhere, both of them got punished in the face. And it was like, what's going on? And they were like, that was a dramatic demonstration. And so it was only three people in the company and they were able to make several million dollars. Like, um, they're able to make billions upon billions because all of their content was funny, eye-catching and familiar, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they would do those dramatic demonstrations using just their phone.
0: And... So in other words, doing something eye-catching or attention-grabbing will help draw in people to view your content because it's like, oh, wait, they did what? So there was that. Oh, um, uh, Nehemiah Dave Neo. I like him because I was already following him, so I thought he was there. I was like, yeah. Well, and I had heard him or at least met him once or twice. I think I had heard him in trafficking conversions last year. So I knew of him, but what I loved about him, if I just be honest, is it's very hard to be in the spaces that we're in, specifically in marketing, um, and see successful people that look like us. Minorities typically, aren't there. I got a whole concept about that, which I am gonna get into. But essentially, ain't that many black people, Hispanic people, Middle Eastern people, Asian people that you typically see on these bigger stages on these huge platforms. So speaking, I ain't talking about attending now, everybody be there attending. But I'm talking about speaking. And what I loved A outside of Russell giving him that opportunity was he was authentically him. He's from yeah. Philly. So he had this whole intro video that was nice. Everybody loved it. But he's playing Meek Mill in the background. And then my mentor, like we were we were kicking it with them the whole time. She from Philly. She like, Oh, that's the street I grew up with. He playing the song. She know the words. She like, yeah, my granddad know that. So you know what I'm saying? So I love it when we can get up there and be our authentic selves from a cultural standpoint instead of trying to dumb that down to or yeah. Yeah. Well, not even that, but like, I feel like the beautiful thing about God making us in all these different shades is we all have different cultures and different things we can bring to the table. We're all having a human experience. So I just appreciate it A that he was able to get up there. He didn't try to switch it up. He was him. He from Philly. He from the hood, but he made some out of himself. And that's what made his story so unique and special. And he basically talked about doing challenges and how he does that. Most of my y'all are y'all are marketers. Y'all know what a challenge is. So we ain't gotta go into that. But I just like how he had it systemized. This is how you do this. We send this at this point. We throw money here. We do ads here. We make it special like this. So you could tell he had done it um, in enough, enough to be successful with it and to get quality results. So I just appreciated that being. Right. I mean, you might have to scale it down to start because, of course, all these people are people multi. we're talking multi. So you always have to remember, okay, take what they said and scale it down to where I currently am because they make them put out 20 pieces of content a day. I'm making only do two or three. And that's okay. But take the concept, spit out what they used to say eat the meat, spit out the bone. There you go. So that was him. Uh, oh, and then I don't know what he was talking about. So I ain't going to say
1: his he name. spoke to the people who were bootstrapping their way there. Oh, and see, like, basically you don't it. have to have it all together.
0: In order to get saved, Jesus, because I thought, mm-hmm.
1: didn't I? At first, I thought he was the rock. Right, I ain't gonna lie. No,
0: it's like, <laughs> I mean, he was, he was swole. He bald headed, had a little beard like it's this TV right Valley. here. But he was cool. Like, he was cool. Um, and then lastly, this was the Dan Kennedy hour. And I knew of him because everybody said he liked the OG of copyright. So I wanted to go to see, like, what is he talking about? And the thing I love was he showed like these old ass, like you can tell it was in the 80s, but he was. Oh, that football one was not in the 80s. I'm about and the water one. Oh, I, ain't, I must have zoned out right there. But what I love, so he showed us this. It was some show and they did this demonstration with water. And to summarize it, they took tap water, put it into different bottles on the menu they said hey this water is straight from wherever it's Fiji something Fiji exotic pure water for $6 or $4.75 and people would get the water drink it and be like yeah it's something about it it just tastes-, tastes so clean it's so clean so pure he literally went outside turned the hose on and filled it up that's all he did so he was showing us the power of how you are marketing how you sell it, how you present it cuz it didn't just come out in a cup. Like it came out in a fancy looking bottle or something like that and he poured it in and you know they yeah. and they was really up there oh man it's it had and we all in the audience like it's and it was water. like
1: they were having a different experience each time but it was all the same water. You know what I mean? So I was like it's really all about how you package it
0: and present it and we think man it got to be fancy It's regular, it's not filtered, it wasn't electrolytes added. And so he was just showing us the power of how you present something is super important. So I enjoyed that. Um, And then he even, I thought this was funny, the moderator was like, oh, you know you can't do that because you know your video has to be 60 seconds now. He literally said, well, whoever said that need to die because it's not true, which is funny because you know people before him were talking about that. And it was cool because he made the point if that was the case, people wouldn't binge Netflix shows. A Netflix show is easily 40 to minutes or an hour, depending on what show. So he's like, you can't say that unless it's a 60 second clip, it's not valuable. So that helped me to say, okay, it's about the attention, it's about making them a super fan. You'll binge watch Game of Thrones because you're a super fan. That is not 60 seconds. Like, every so often, me and Ario find a show, and it's typically not when it's new. We go watch two, three episodes a night, because, you know, during the day, we try to get that money. But now, after the kids go to sleep, when it's like 9.30, we'll watch shows for maybe two to three hours, maybe decompress, catch up, eat our dinner together. But, like, we just found this new and Rabbit Hole. We watched, like, two episodes. And the next day, we watched another two. And... It just goes to show if it has your attention because it piques your interest. We're not gonna say it doesn't matter. But like we even found a podcast the other day, the one we watched with Jackie Hill Perry. Shout out to Jackie Hill Perry. Shout out she is dope. Follow her on Instagram. But like we found when she was on with this lady. The know for sure. Shout out to them. And yeah, her her buddy Megan and Because we like Jackie Hill Perry, we were willing to watch it. And it was an episode, it was maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. And there's two
1: parts to it.
0: And so here we go. She was like, I'm going to go to bed. We already stayed up and watched that whole fifty minutes and then said, why did they just cut off like that? Because it was somebody we knew. It was long form content, but instead of watching the show, that's what we watched. So I thought it was so good to see. It's always good, as we would say in our culture, to talk to the OGs. Because they are OG for a reason. Your perspective holds weight. There's something that you were doing that made you successful for you to even be considered OG. OG stands for original gangster. It's A whole different thing. You
1: basically have experience.
0: We're successful.
1: It's tried and true. Regardless of what changes
0: over time, that experience is
1: still valid.
0: Oh, and that's what he said. People only... Don't pay attention when it's boring. Boring. People will and binge watch 48 hours of a show, so that can't be true. And then oh, that was the part that he drilled. And from that, he said, stop making stuff for the majority and focus on your minority. And I was like, that is so good. Because even with us, like I said, we do a lot of content, but who am I specifically trying to target? I'm not trying to target the, the 90%. I'm trying to target the 10% that I know Want to consume whatever it is I'm putting out, and I think we get tricked in the no, we got to try to appeal to everybody, right? That's just not true. It's not true, and it's not doable
1: because,
0: as I mean, think of who's your favorite celebrity Just pick one. You just pick one, oh, uh, I like Naomi Ray. They will let's try a bit bigger so they can know. Uh, shout out to Naomi Me right I love your last half, say, it's a I classic. Say Did she don't know me? Okay, we'll stick with music. Like, there's a big group called Maverick City Music. We love them, but there's gonna be somebody out there who's like their music is not good or they're bad or whatever. They're they're making music for us, the people who enjoy it, not for the whole entire world. Cause somebody's gonna critique. Like, if you want to take to the Bible, Jesus did a whole bunch of stuff. He still had haters. He still had haters. So it don't matter what you do. Your stuff is not gonna be for everybody, but the people is for. Make it dope so that they love it. They enjoy it so that they have, like, I want to check out some more music from them or I want to watch their next episode or what other projects do they have? Like, uh, Coach Prime is a prime example. He bought people in and they're hooked. We want to see him next week. We're going to see if he's going to say something crazy on TV next week because you brought their attention and that allows you to build super fans. So, going on to day three. I'm so mad at this because we were late to this one. So we only got to see like the last ten. But
1: minutes. the things he said though that I did hear.
0: <laughs> so he said you set the stamp. Somebody told me, and this is a prime example. I thought he killed. Him. Somebody said they felt like he was too he was bragging too much. Yeah, I seen the comics. I was like, oh they was like, I didn't like it. I was like, Why you ain't like it?
1: They go to show you, you ain't for everybody.
0: They was like, I just felt like he was bragging too much. Me, I'm looking like, man, God really came through for him. So that just goes to show you, he's not for everybody, and that's okay because he still got paid. That chick still
1: clear,
0: he got more money than we got. then
1: the hate, I doubt they making,
0: they ain't got what he got. So, uh, some of the things he said that I like you set the standard for those who come behind you, don't just be in the room with greatness, leverage it. And that's funny because I literally saw on the um, event page, because they did like a big group chat, once you pay your ticket, hey, these are all the people that also paid and will be there. There was one guy, I didn't tell you this, there was one guy that said, I was just sitting here lonely and nobody came up to talk to me the whole time. And in my head, I was just like, you was there with all them people and you telling me nobody came to, he was waiting on somebody to come talk to him. And I'm like, When you're in a group of people who you know are trying to make moves, you have to go outside your comfort zone. Why would you wait on somebody to come talk to you when you could just go? You may be shy or introverted, but as we say in Atlanta, scare money don't make money. So if you wanted to connect with people, you got to go out your way and leverage that. Like There are some people that don't walk by and, oh, they look busy. Oh, they got too many people around. There were some that I was like, I'm going to go out my way to strike up a conversation. And it got easier, and it always does. You know, the first two, you like who the. After a while, okay, these are gonna be my two or three. Like, hey, what's going on? How you doing, man? I, you know, um, I see on your badge, like I have podcast on mine, obviously. So, um, some people are like, oh, I see you do podcasts. Yeah, that's the conversation. Some people, um, oh, I see you here with your kids. How is that going? Yeah, I didn't bring mine, or like we bought the little glow sticks. And I was going up the escalator and the guy was like, oh, yeah, because I said something about, oh, I got these for my kids. And he's like, I ain't bring mine. I was like, you want to take one home with you? He started laughing. He's like, no, 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 I'm good. But that opened the doorway to another conversation. So we have to always be willing to leverage. That doesn't mean take advantage of, but leverage. If I'm in a room with people who are making moves and I, too, it's not even about wanting to do what you're doing. But if I want to get to that level so that I can have the impact in the world that I want to, I have to figure out a way to leverage. How can I say, hey, how can I get your attention? In a in a cool way, not a creepy style? Yeah, well, you don't want to be So it's not like that. But, you know, just and like a lot of the people who spoke, I would walk by and say, like, hey, you were on stage speaking. Easy way to talk. And they start smiling. Yeah, yeah. These are... I, I like, just like we're doing right here, I loved when you talked about this or how you brought this up. So I love that he said, you don't, you ain't gotta be the most talented when you are in the right system. And he was using Tom Brady, how he was a fifth round draft pick, not a first round, but he was with the right organization and that propelled him to greatness. I thought that was good because. Like, sticking yourself in
1: context.
0: I know for me, that has really
1: been um, something that. The Lord has opened my eyes to see. Because mm-hmm. like, I used to be like, I just never shit. Always a square peg that doesn't fit in the circle. And everybody was always outside the box or whatever. But within the past couple of years or so, it's been beautiful to see myself in context. Like, you are made this. Like, for example, with singing. I grew up singing gospel, but my voice was too soft. I did not yell enough. I did not do all the, you know, I didn't, that ain't how I sing. It's all, it was like, I, know like, that. I, like that. I wasn't loud enough for that. Yeah. And then like with CCM, I was like, oh, this is so, this is me. it was an adjustment for me to learn that style of music, but it's like thinking when I come, when I was a part of my first music and it was all kind of blended together, and it was like perfect clean text. I fit in this context. My voice is perfect for this. So it's the same thing, um, in business or as a person, just getting you around the right people in the right uh, surrounding or whatever, like that helps you to see yourself in context. So that way you're not up there feeling like you're not valuable or worth anything. It's just that you ain't been around the right people yet. You ain't been in the right situation yet. So so that was very inspirational. And then when he was talking about, um, he had prayed after, um being in a room with Warren Buffett. And so he was like, Oh no, I thank you for letting me take a picture. And he was like, I told him that he didn't put him in a room with billionaires to take a picture. He put him in the room with billionaires so that he would become one. And when he said that, it just hit me like a ton of bricks because um a while ago Kim having watched um Dr. Jackie Green, which is Travis Grain's wife at Forest City, and she had when she was preaching, she said something along, right? Uh, what God allows your eyes to see is prophetic. If he allowed you to see millionaires, regardless of what your background is, that means God wants you to become that. Like, and so when, when Eric Thomas said his part, it was just like, oh my God, this is confirmation. Okay, God has put me in this room. God these millionaires. He was calling me to the marketplace. And so it just was really inspirational and it made me believe that I can step up to the plate and become multi-millionaire I can step up to the plate and become you know business owner. So it just really did it for me
0: okay um, so let's see who else so that was him they brought Neo back up but we won't go back into there oh Vince Y'all know about events. Basically, you use events. Right. You're going to bring them on a journey like you would do with that perfect webinar. You're going to bring them on a journey. At the end, you make your ass. But make sure that you're giving super amounts of value, make it a memorable experience. And it's a lot easier to do. And how she's done some of it for some of the biggest people. And I think she even does Russell's. Uh, ben Hardy. Oh, I love this guy. His book is 10X is Better Than 2X. And um, John Victoria, who I believe that episode will will be coming out soon, he's he's an avid reader. And that was one of the books he suggested. And I kept saying, well, why do you think that's the top one? Um, And he was saying how essentially, because 2Xing is just more willpower, essential. But 10Xing, you got to become a whole new person. Yeah, he was, do that, he
1: used this graph and he was like, if you're just trying to two X, you're keeping eighty percent of the same processes and only changing twenty percent of the thing. And he was like, If you wanna if you want a 10x, you gotta change eighty percent and only keep twenty. So I was just like Shh. He also talked is this the one who also talked about how huh? your past and your future
0: and present are all happening at the same time. Yes.
1: Yeah based on the decisions you make and your perspective. And so your past can be um, shaped differently based on the choices that you make now and how you choose to look at it now based on what you're trying to become. So I thought that was really inspirational because a lot of times we live in the past, thinking that the past is dictating our future and then reality is the present. What are you doing now with what you have? How are you going to evolve? And then once you evolve, you can look at your past and be like, oh, my past built me to become this. And you can use that to
0: inspire others. Instead of looking at it as something so bad. Yeah, deficit. Right? So there was that. Um, trying to look at my notes, make sure. Uh, success love, speed. That's a knee up in Hardy. He made us do a lot of exercise. Oh, and to drill home the point of the 10x is better than 2x he was saying it's like the difference between crawling faster which is good or walking or using a horse and buggy which was good but 10x if i get in the car I go faster or do being in a car like we just went to orlando for uh funnel hacking live, we were in a car it would take us about seven and a half well without kids probably seven seven and a half hours on that plane it took us like an hour and So that's 10x in your time. I could save way more time, but what did I have to do? I have to be okay with I'm gonna pay hundred and eighty dollars for this plane ticket versus I I may only have to fill up my gas twice. That's like forty, that's eighty dog. I can't get that time back. I can be done flown there, got to the hotel and start working again versus if it's eight hours, that's a whole work day. I can't make that. Um, so I think that was a good one. Let your future filter your present. Um, he gave a couple of examples of different companies and how he took them through that, which I thought were super dope. Um, because again, it made them evolve. And I've even learned that, like, if I want to be doing fill in the blank, I can't do what I thought was okay five years ago when I was just starting. Like five years ago, I was broke. We ain't had no money. We was on stamps. You know what I'm saying? It's different versus now. I'm not saying we're rich, but God has blessed us to be taken care of, to where okay, I don't have to move the same. So there are certain things I'm not going to do because I know they won't produce. So I had to kind of evolve into this not new person, but a more mature, more wise person. Yeah, I'm moving strategically. We started this Jesus Christ, now it's
1: that like we were saying earlier about being strategic, where are we trying to go from here? What are you talking about legacy? What are we trying to build for our kid?
0: You know, Jesus, that's solid, right. We're
1: trying to build for their kids. You know what I mean? Because we're eventually going to get to the place where we're like, okay, our house is all taken care of, but we still got more time. So let's build wealth for however many generations we can while we're in here. Because while we are here. We need to maximize our talents, gifts, and abilities so that our bloodline is is good.
0: And, like, even with our clients, this is one of the questions we ask them. So, we'll say, like, What are your goals in re- regards to revenue? And they may tell me. And then I'll say, Well, let's do a big goal. Like, let's say you hit that. What's the next one? So, like, we have one client say, I want to hit a million. And then they came back and said, Oh, I want to hit 1.8 million. So I said, Okay, what's the difference between you hitting a million and 1.8 million? What does that look like? What extra things would you have to do in order to get there? That's different from a million to 1.8 because I knew that was going to force them to say, "Dang, what do I have to do? Hey, I have to offload this. Hey, I have to hire more people because I'm, I'm handling four roles right now or Hey, we need to better train our team or Hey, I need to get our systems and operations better. Now you're, I have to turn into those things in order for that to even be a reality, Um, and so I just took kind of that same thing just for me myself, um, and just kind of setting Q4 goals. So I think that was super important. So and we got the book. So I think that's going to be the first book I read, and then I'm gonna go back to uh, Hormoz because they say his book five, but I need that because I need there may need to be another level of involving. Yeah, for your mindset to even be able to To conceive where man. I need to be Because yeah. God may want me to be here But right. because my mindset ain't there I'm operating right here I don't want to do that Because what if God like I want to give you five million But I can't see past I don't That's know five hundred thousand Yet could I be ten x? See what I'm saying? son? I'm I'm trying to be up there But that'll make your moves
1: Like they'll be way more picky About what you're
0: doing Selective of your like, time I Yeah see.
1: And I think he talked about that, too, talking about how when you have a specific goal, future goal of what you want your future to look like, the path to get there is it's like one path versus if you just have a broad goal, we have about five paths that can get you there. So I think that this is really going to change our lives.
0: So there's that one. Um, Russell came back and well, they kind of did like a people who've done it before. So they kind of all got up there and basically said, hey, before this, I was doing that. I bought into a Russell's program, and now I'm having all of this success, et cetera. So let's get all of them because there's a lot of different people. But they were cool, though. Shout out to Doug B., Andrea, Tim Shields, Chris, I think it's boss, Miranda Pierce. She was the one talking about some let your haters help you get that money. Dominic. That's the DJ guy. I thought that was awesome because yeah. that's a niche that you wouldn't think.
1: He helped
0: me discover my key. So that was him. Thank uh, We talked. Uh, so Russell basically came back, summarized everything, but basically tied it all together. Hey, we've had people. Now I'm gonna do this in real time. So he goes through like 21 different steps. I'm not gonna read them all because y'all need to just talk to him and buy his book or join the 2 CCX to do that. So that was him. But they have Myron Golden come on at the end. And, you know, he gave him a lot of good gems. How you buy is how you sell. We've been taught to use people and love money when that's not how it should be. We should love people and then use the money. I thought that was good. And you can either pay to learn or pay by not learning. But you can't do both. So either I'm a pay a coach to help me skip a lot of things. Or I'm going to just weed it myself, and it's going to cost me more time, which is lost money and lost memory to opportunities. So that was pretty much the whole entire thing. Um, I know you went to the concert.
1: I love the concert. I had, never I had never heard of him before, but I really enjoyed his music.
0: Andy Grammer.
1: Yeah, I would definitely uh, look him up and support. He was, he was very positive. I really enjoyed his story. Awesome, awesome, awesome.
0: Yeah, so those are kind of our takeaways. We had no idea this episode was going to be this long. Um, but those are what we got from it. Um, any big overall takeaways that maybe you didn't mention or what future actions maybe you want to implement going
1: forward? I you, on That's what I got from this conference. <laughs> and baby, believe. Like, I can really, yeah, we can do this. We can be most of it. Like, we can do
0: this. For me, um, it was about the strategy piece because that's what Russell was big on. His whole model is strategy. It's not that nobody knew the individual pieces, but it was how he made them all work together in what he would call a framework. If you read his books, how he uses them all together to feed each other to get to his desired long term result. And I think that was the biggest impact for me that
1: being able to see it from that aerial view.
0: Yeah, and I'm too in the weeds. I'm just I'm doing content, but like, and we already talking about it before. But essentially, having a strategy for each thing. Have a strategy for your team, their growth, for client acquisition, for your marketing. Everything needs to have a deep strategy. Right. When I say deep, I don't mean like 17 page deep. But hey, we're trying to I don't know. get them into the... clarity on
1: understanding what you're doing and why you're doing
0: it. And clarity is not. Like, I can even read y'all one of my goals. I said, start a podcast. That's great. Y'all are here. Y'all are listening. But what is that supposed to do? Like, you just starting it for fun? Is it supposed to be the, a vanity? The is it why a vanity project? Like, why are we doing the podcast? Why are we doing this episode? So now it's okay to move strategically. Really, I I started a podcast to do what? I ain't going to say it, but I'll let y'all think about that. But why did you start the podcast? What is it supposed to do? Where is it supposed to point people? What is it supposed to position you as? Or what is it doing to help your brand? Or is it solely to give back and help other people? And you're not trying to get paid. Like, that's how you got to take it. And if you start there, hey, we're trying to increase client acquisition. One of the ways to do that may be starting a podcast. That is a completely different mindset then. Start a podcast. okay. I think it's a cool video. So you have to be very clear. Hey, we want to acquire X amount of customers. Why? Because we have a certain revenue goal. And the best way to get to that revenue goal is if we sign on at a minimum X amount of customers at this level, et cetera. And you do that math. So I enjoyed it. It was cool. We met a lot of, or I met a lot of people. Uh, she was more so the one that was in the conference taking all the notes.
1: I was trying to see
0: the in. Yeah, I was more so there for that, but also to meet different people. Because a lot of people I knew from Facebook, shout out to y'all who found us on Facebook or we friended. Um, so to get to meet them in person was really cool. And, to, you know, get in contact. So that was cool. But, um, was
1: deepening the relationship.
0: Because I'm trying to say what you're
1: doing Well, deepening say. the relationship with Shania. Shout out to y'all. Love y'all. Cause that
0: episode the finna drive. drive.
1: Yes, yeah, deepening that relationship with them.
0: OG triple triple.
1: It really did it for me. You know, having someone who is like family. You know, to help us get to the next step, and not just that, but just even like in our marriage, helping us to make sure. We're making the right moves. They're like strategically moving the whole family because legacy journey is about bringing your family with you, not leaving your family behind. Yeah, we want to go get it, but not at the extent of what we're building at home. You know what I mean? So, how do we navigate those waters where we're not uh, just neglecting them and being like, "Oh, it's so low, so in the computer." Both me and him just, and then. I we like what we all try to work do the, You know, I, I I'm right about that. Like like I'm gonna be intentional along the way.
0: You know? Yeah, so um shout out to Shanita and Karak. Mm-hmm. Shout out to y'all. So, uh I think we'll bring this to a close. We had no idea what this episode would look like, how it would go, how long. It was a pretty long one, but we're still going to drop it just because, A, I think it's time-sensitive and it's worth it. There are a lot of people who wanted to go, didn't go, so at least you're getting our perspective on it. Hopefully, you got some good takeaways, some things that can encourage you or that you yeah, can apply.
1: You can do it. Everything about you matters. That's my life mission to let people know that. And also, <laughs> anyway, if you didn't make it to follow Happy Live, we hope that you're able to get it.
0: How life. you going to block me yeah, out? It, in it this? not <Okay>.
1: And gain something from what we've shared.
0: Yes. So as always, um, if they want to get in contact with you, how where, where can they best connect with you?
1: On social, I am
0: Sangin E-E. Spell it. S-A-N. There's a the. There is
1: The. But I assume they can spell it.
0: But you gotta say the because you just start
1: T-H-E. Sangin. S-A-N-G-I-N vegan V i'm vegan ish so don't judge me if you see a little piece of fish or something don't judge me i'm not judging you don't judge
0: me so the same V. In so instagram me i'm on facebook the most so connect with me there first name last name get us on there um hopefully you guys are enjoying the podcast episodes we got some great amazing guests coming up mm-hmm. soon we wanted to sneak this one in before those. So I'm guessing these clips will probably be chopped up. We'll drop the whole episode, but we'll probably just drop different clips. But we got a lot of great guests coming to you guys. John Victoria, Travis Weathers, Amy and Joseph Singleton, Shanita and Karan Jones, uh Logan. Who? No, I'm talking about my Logan from uh-huh. Hyde. So we got all kind of people coming. We want to just bring y'all the best, continuing to focusing on, continuing to focus on how can I build this legacy, this empire, something that's worth leaving my kids without leaving my kids behind. I don't want to be that parent, like she said, that's uh, doing all this work and yeah, we got money, but my kids don't know. me. I mean, y'all... I don't want to- Y'all can go look at Damon's podcast that episode we did where he literally said there was a person that made a billion dollars but didn't have the relationship with his family. He could, none of that money was able to buy that time back. So we're gonna keep bringing y'all some more heat. Make sure you like this, subscribe it, leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. Make sure you guys comment. Make sure you hit the like button on YouTube. If you see the clips, make sure you follow us on social so it's Legacies Journey 2018. Um, you can always follow me at my name if you're on Instagram, Legacies Journey 2018. Or my personal is A underscore Cam Killing It. So don't put that G in there. Underscore. Yeah. a y e underscore C-A-M-K-I-L-L-I-N-I-T. Um, so you do that. But if you see some of the clips and you love them, they're resonating. We don't want you to just like share them with somebody, tag somebody, because we want to get this message out to the world. There's a lot of people that are successful, but they're losing their family. They're getting in divorce. Their kids hate them. It doesn't have to be that way. And we're trying to bring people on this podcast to show you that it can be done. It's going to take intentional work,
1: but it can't be done.
0: So shout out to all the stay at home moms. Shout out to all the moms that's business owners and doing anything changing the world. Shout out to all the dads that's supporting the stay-at-home moms or the stay-at-home dads. Out there. Shout out to all the dads that's, you know, doing all the work while stay-at-home mom. Like, shout out to all y'all. Shout out to the parents that's both working. Whatever you are, whether you're homeschooling or sending your kid to school, like, all of that don't matter. All, the all that matters is keep loving your kids, keep spending time with them, keep finding ways to make memories, getting in their world. Make sure you take time to spend time with your spouse, whatever that may look like and whatever rhythm that is for you guys. But this is Cameron. This is Ari. I'm sorry. To the to y'all. Ari on. Ari. We love y'all, man. Thank y'all so much for your time. We're going to talk to y'all soon. See ya.